0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Dead Dog Theology. We're in episode seven, so we've been with you guys for seven weeks now. How exciting is that, that we get to bring this episode to you as a ministry of Harvestville Church? My name is Luke Jenkins, and uh, I'm happy to be with you guys this week. And I'll also uh, like to bring in Andy Hughes, who's with us today.
1: How you doing? (laughs) I'm good, Andy. How are you? Hey. (laughs) Hello, partly cloudy with a chance of rain today, high in the (laughs) mid-80s.
0: weather man anyway so ahead
1: caller (laughs) and i'd also
0: that was the voice you just heard is our lead pastor our teaching elder (laughs) eric Reeves. welcome guys
1: good morning luke and andy and uh, we are very privileged that somebody would listen to our conversations and hopefully it's a gospel centered conversation to spur you on in your uh, formation in christ so we're honored to to do that today it's going to be a little bit different most time hear Luke um, introducing and, and giving the greeting. We want to move quickly to um, a time where we're going to interview Luke and listen to his gospel story today. We want to use Romans 1, and we're going to look at that passage in just a minute. Romans 1, 1 through 7, and then 16 through 17, talking about the power of the gospel that transforms our lives. So we always want to start with the theological and scriptural principle, the truth uh, of what the gospel does. And then Luke's going to kind of uh, pull back the curtain a little bit on his story, on his life, and um, be an example of that and and, uh, reveal how the gospel has transformed his life. So we're excited about that. As far as podcast overview, sometimes we give you Uh, some pointers and some directions of where we've been you can look at our podcast wherever you subscribe and if uh, a topic in the past uh, piques your interest go back and look at those things and and uh, see the differences between the man-centered gospel and the god-centered gospel or biblical eldership or the philosophy expository preaching so go back and listen to those and there's good content there but today we want to move as quickly as we can uh into not only these scriptures but also just listening to the story of the gospel written upon Luke's heart. So we're excited to be with you guys and we want to make the most of our time. So we're going to take a quick break. As you know, dead dog theology, hopefully one day we'll get some commercials in here. Maybe Andy could drop one right now in three, two, one. Uh, Come to Harvestville church on Sunday. We meet at 1030. Sunday, Sunday, (laughs) Sunday, (laughs) Sunday. No smoke machines added. Well, I'm trying to get one. Uh, I I want one of those things.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, so we'll, we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back with you. Hey, Luke Jenkins here from Dead Dog Theology. And if you're in the Rainbow City area, I just wanted to take this time to To plug our church, Harvestfield Church, right here in Rainbow City, Alabama, we have worship services at 10.30 a.m. on Sunday morning and 6 o'clock on Wednesday nights. And we would love to see you and your family here. Uh, For more information, visit our website at harvestfieldchurch.org. Thank you.
1: Hey, welcome back to Dead Dog Theology. We want to take a few minutes before we get to Luke's interview and go to the scriptures, turn in your Bible, or if you're driving, don't turn in your Bible. You can just listen Romans one. We wanna read verses one through seven. And if you could title this devotion time, it would be titled the transforming power of the gospel. Okay, it is of the gospel. So um, the scriptures reveal that the inherent power of God to transform um, dead things into living things and sinners into uh, his holy people is inherent in the power of the gospel. Therefore, we declare the gospel and we preach the gospel. In Romans 1, Paul begins this amazing letter to the church at Rome, and he says, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, and that's an important phrase, the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets and the holy scriptures, concerning his son, who was a descendant from... who." who are loved by God and called to be saints. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to skip ahead to verse 16. Verse 16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Let me pray for us. God, we pray that these scriptures would stir into our hearts at this very moment, that we would have a a widening of our realization of the power that has captured our hearts, made Christ known to us, and draws us into the life of Christ. We thank you for our salvation. We pray that every listener today be convicted in the heart of this gospel from you. It belongs to you, Lord, and you have shared it with us. And for that, we are truly grateful. In Christ's name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Luke and Andy, I just want you to look at a couple of things I uh, put in bold type in the text this morning, how the gospel that we preach, who does it belong to? We didn't invent it. Paul was always very uh, adamant to stress that he didn't make this up. Uh, This gospel from God, of God, was revealed to him. God initiated it. He composed it, and he's made it known to us through the scriptures. Uh, God is the author, and He is also the goal. You know, all things are from Him, through Him, and back to Him. Even the gospel of Christ that's been revealed through us and works in us back to the glory of God. So He calls us to proclaim it. And Paul made note of His apostleship that that was put upon Him, that He was called into this messenger service of God. So He was very clear. Uh, To give uh, tribute to God over even His calling, so He calls us to proclaim it as revealed, and then something we have to hold uh, fast to, and that's what we're trying to do here at uh, Dead Dog, is uh, proclaim it as written. Uh, Don't add to it, don't take away from it, and Paul covered that in his letter to the churches of Galatia. Uh, Says if anybody, even an angel from heaven, preaches a different gospel other than the one we Proclaim to you, let him be accursed or anathema, cut off. So it's very serious, and that's why this podcast is as lighthearted as we can be sometimes, and I enjoy it. I'm talking through a smile right now, but we are dead dog serious, Amen. and that's a, that's a good little metaphor word. It is, it is a sobering um, idea and reality that this is God's gospel. He is the one who transforms. It is the power that is inherently within the truth of Jesus Christ, that enables us to be transformed. Um, so the gospel, and I want you, as you're listening today or tonight, or whenever you're listening to this, what is the gospel? And that uh, is something we must preach to ourselves over and over and over, even as Christians, even as the church, that, that Christ's death, his burial and his resurrection uh, demonstrate the power of God and the will of God and the desire of God to save sinners. From the beginning, even before the beginning of all that there ever was or will be, God set a purpose in his heart. And uh, he and the Son and the Spirit covenanted together to put their power on display and their holiness on display. So, this is the gospel that we proclaim the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. And that itself is the power that God imposed upon sinners that enables both, here's that word, justification that through the blood of Christ, because he died for us in our place, his righteousness covers our sin. When God looks at Christ, he sees our sin. When God looks at us, he sees Christ's righteousness. That's called substitutionary atonement. And its effect is justification, where legally we are pronounced uh, holy and blameless, without charge, without condemnation, because of the blood of christ well not only do we have that standing before god because of the power of his gospel we are now being made more and more into the image of christ day by day this these light and momentary troubles even this mortal body is giving way to the glory of christ being revealed in us and that's called sanctification and it leads to holy living so today as we listen to luke's um perfect testimony in the gospel imperfect in the sense of of his uh, uh, process of being made more and more like Christ. So I'll say it that way. We could clean that up later. We're looking for life transformation. And there's so many people that claim to know Christ, but there's been no transformation. There's no uh, inward desire transformation. There's no outward conformity uh, to what the gospel demands, what the gospel says will come about to those who are in Christ Jesus. So uh, God's gospel, we could say, then changes us. Uh, God's gospel reveals a righteousness we cannot achieve for ourselves. It reveals a righteousness from God. Now back up there in verse 17, for in it, okay, the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, and you guys need to um, get some books and some commentaries and look up that word is revealed. Now That's very important. It's not a man-made-up gospel. It's not a man-centered gospel. This gospel is outside of us. We do not have it within ourselves as human beings to justify ourselves before God. Nothing we could do would atone for sin. So something outside of us has been revealed and made known to us and really imposed upon us by the grace and mercy of God. We wouldn't even have known about these things if God had not been merciful and kind to us as sinners to show us Jesus Christ. We have, we have faith because we hear the message, we see the message, we receive the message, all because of God's grace being made known and applied to our lives. So this justification uh, comes from outside of us. Uh, it is from God to be received by faith and live by faith, And really, as Paul ended that section, quoting out of Habakkuk 2.4, the righteous will live by faith, and that is from beginning to end. Uh, We believe this gospel that has been preached to us through the scriptures, and we continue believing as Christ is revealed, even in, I say this, even in our mortal bodies, the way we think, the way we feel, and what we do. Uh, Sure, we're dragging around a body of death right now, and it gives us fits. The flesh wants what it wants but greater is he that is in us, Christ in us, than even the effects that maybe Satan has in the world to exploit our flesh um, and all those temptations. uh, Christ is greater. So today we want to celebrate that, and I'll leave you with those scriptures to go back and read on your own, read the verses in between, and um, pray about that, that the transforming power of the gospel has taken hold of you, and will continue to do that by faith. So we'll be back in just a minute and begin our interview with Sir Luke a lot. Sir Luke's a lot. <laughs> we'll be right back. Welcome back uh, to Segment 3. Uh, as we've contemplated out of Romans 1 and, and uh, the power of God that is inherent in the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, uh, raising dead sinners to life in Christ and the hope of eternal life, the certainty of our even bodily resurrection, we are living that out as our testimony of how the gospel has captured our lives. So today we want to interview Luke Jenkins, and uh, he's a younger man, I guess, compared to me. But it is interesting and it's captivating to me to hear the story of the gospel in the context of, I'll say, a normal life. I'm not saying normal, uh, a life like, like the rest of us live. What does the gospel look like? in the coming and going of our lives and the careers and the families and the responsibilities associated with our lives. How is Christ made known? So we want to introduce, uh, Luke Jenkins. We might talk a little bit about Haley. We may probably shouldn't. And his darling daughters, Zoni and Zini, uh, Zini for short, uh, Luke again, officially welcome. And then tell us about this new baby that's coming in a few weeks.
0: Yeah, we're excited, uh, about the new baby. I was, uh, I was very, I was very hopeful that it would be a girl, which all the men that, when I say that to they just kind of look at me like I'm crazy, but I didn't want to buy anything. (laughs) I didn't want to buy any more clothes or anything like that. Although I know I'll have to.
1: Okay. So if Haley's listening to this, I want to tread carefully, but we've got Zoni, Xenia, and then the, the third Z name. Uh, we're gonna vote on it today and we're gonna name that baby <laughs> right here, right now. Let's get our callers. I'm gonna see, we've got lines open. Okay, first caller, go ahead, first caller. I have no idea. Oh, thanks. Andy. <laughs> that, I'm, that, I'm this, sorry, I can't help you. Andy, oh, well, that's that's let's just go to the interview, then. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, brother, but anyway, Zony Zinnia and
0: I like Zia. But Zia
1: Haley likes Zylie. Zylie, and so well, it's got to be another
0: Z name. We've kind of cornered ourselves.
1: I'm still Ziggy, you know. I'm still. And, yeah, and Haley Ziggy, likes that. Ziggy. It's, uh, it's cool. So she thinks um, that's a boy's name. It could be if it was a boy, but <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a girl. <laughs> hey man, it's kind of right. like those. What do you call a Pat? Yeah. Or um um. There's a there's uh, a several. Andy. Danny. Um, I heard a Danny. Daniel. Dan- yeah. yeah. Um. Eric eric is a popular girl's name in scandinavia
0: <laughs> is that true no,
1: no, no it's not. i just cracked myself up let's get to the interview some of our goals and and if you haven't figured out on the podcast we go from funny to, to dead dog series very quickly so it'll be a mixture of both of those but we want you to hear today out of luke's testimony or you know your testimony is not the gospel we've heard other smart men say that uh, the gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ on behalf of sinners, the power of God to transform. But the testimony is your witness and bearing witness to the truth of those things applied into your life. So we want to give you a chance to do that and also to demonstrate uh, to our listeners God's gospel, when received by faith, brings about a transformed life. And and that is really the distinction of cultural Christianity or man-centered Christianity versus God's work being applied into your life by God. And we know that this treasure, uh, this all-surpassing power of God is revealed in our lives. Paul calls our lives jars of clay, and we want to give um, worship and praise and honor to God and God alone for bringing this glory of Christ about in our lives. So here's some, some interview questions. Let's get started with in this segment. Uh, Luke, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Tell us what you do. A little bit about yourself.
0: Yeah. Um, like like Eric said, my name is Luke Jenkins. I host Dead Dog Theology. That's what I do. <laughs> that was good. And then I also, I'm, the, I'm currently the middle school student minister here. Middle cool. <laughs> middle cool. I do have an iPad, so there's that. Mm-hmm. Off of. Anyway, I'm the middle school student minister here at Arvisville Church. Um, and as my daughter Zoe would tell you, I have two jobs. I'm also uh, the branch manager of Southeastern Equipment Rentals in downtown Gadsden, which I, I What's do. What's that phone number? 256-254-8001.
1: So this segment is brought to you by Southeastern <laughs> <Eastern> Equipment. <Ecuador>. Exactly. <laughs> and Harvestfield Middle Cool Minister. <laughs> That's right. How long have you been here at Harvestfield?
0: Um, I have been here going on. We've actually been to the church going on maybe five years now. And then uh, I've actually been serving at Harvestfield um, two years. I served as a year as a uh, small group leader for the students. And then I'm approaching, rapidly approaching a year um, as the
1: middle school student minister. That is fantastic. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping for sure. Yeah. Uh, how old are you? I am. I had to figure this up today. Um, I'm 28. 28. I, could, I couldn't remember.
0: How much you weigh? 285. How high? How Ooh. tall are you? Six foot four. Uh, what's your blood pressure this morning? I didn't check it, but I imagine it's 120 over 80 because I'm on blood pressure medicine. That's perfect. <laughs>
1: how long you been on blood pressure medicine? For. Two years now. Two years. Ever since
0: I started into the <laughs> students, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was getting to.
1: will uh, be, a, you'll have a medicine cabinet full um, after so many years. What's your general disposition when people say, "Are you friendly? Are you grumpy? Are you mean? Are you, or uh, can we tell?" Hold on, I want to ask Andy this question: What's my
0: general disposition?
1: I would say, I would say, extremely friendly.
0: But, extremely hey, friendly. that's. Yeah. I would not give myself that grade. Yeah. So there yeah. you go. Yeah.
1: What about when he gets a little hungry? Uh, very quiet withdrawal. <laughs> That's better than emotive. You right? know, I know yeah. people that get hangry. Uh, well, you know, a little bit more about Luke than you wanted to His age and weight. And, <laughs> and, uh, I've got some other probing questions, but I'll save those for another day. Um, give us a rundown of your career. Uh, one thing's that as, is attractive about Luke's story is he's done a lot of different things. And at 28 years old, he's, he's been in several career fields that I think, and, and I know in hindsight now we can look back at how God uses our careers and their experiences for personal formation. Tell us a little bit about your careers through the years.
0: Yeah. So, uh, I, after, after graduation, I went to Gadsden state for a little bit and then, uh, I ended up in, as a correctional officer. Uh, mainly because at 19, 20 years old, I was ready to get married. And so uh, I, I was already dating Haley throughout high school, through some of high school. And then, so I ended up as a correctional officer for the Alabama Department of Corrections for a year. And then uh, I accepted a job at the Gadsden Police Department. I was there for two years, two or three months, somewhere around there, um, working as a police officer. So, um, And I was
1: at your graduation. and You were at, you at even, my police didn't cabin. even know you. No, uh, Jordan right. McCartney uh, graduated that day and, mm-hmm. and there was uh, Luke.
0: I walked across the stage looking bald-headed with my bus. Game.
1: That's why I didn't recognize you.
0: No beard either.
1: No beard. That's right. Well, what was your first job? What was your first job? Did you work in high school? Uh, you just said you came into high school and went into the productions yeah, um, officer. Throughout but-
0: high school, I, I kind of uh, – I was so focused and idolized basketball, um, and, and I will say – and probably myself too, that that I, was, I didn't work, I guess, except hmm. for um, – I worked here and there part-time doing hay for random people in the I community or my uncle, I worked out on his farm some.
1: So. I got you. Well, that's, that's great. And then, uh, I can't really say a lot about it. Um, we all have hobbies that take over certain portions of our, our, uh, apparel, uh, or I mean our lives. Uh, you were a wrestler. A yeah, performer?
0: I did. So. I did. Uh, I did. I spent some time, uh, Traveling around as a professional wrestler, like WWE wrestler. The most
1: shocking thing I I think I've ever discovered about a friend of mine is like, you were married or (laughs) you were a wrestler. And I'm not going to tell anybody to go on YouTube and uh, search for Luke Lord. (laughs) Because it's borderline (laughs) blasphemous. But he he certainly, if you want to see a six foot white, six four six four two eighty five yeah five man in spandex you can go there and I, I did that for a little while actually but uh you're not doing it now right no please no, tell I, me no you. no okay um
0: there's no all way right.
1: I, I, everybody in camp sybert was w- sitting on the edge of their seat <laughs> 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 no there's no way i could uh, physically do that now. thank you i just uh, i would haley tell,
0: hated it just for the record I would I, tell she y'all. would want me to say that she, Okay, she didn't like me being good for having
1: all right let's get back to serious um uh, think about you know how the gospel came to you and this simple question how did god lead you to christ
0: yeah um so when i was a kid uh my parents had actually carried me to church um almost we were very consistent in church we went to Southside baptist and then uh we moved and so we ended up at Co creek baptist which is in Glencoe, and so um <clears throat>
1: yeah I, you're a homegrown fellow
0: yeah from... i'm from i'm from I'm from these parts okay anyway so uh um, we went to cove creek baptist and I, I was eight years old and they had a kevin Derryberry concert at cove creek baptist who uh who's a big deal on the rick and bubba show and so he was actually there and uh i i was called by the gospel that night realized i i remember looking back on it now and i realized like what was i trying to be saved from you know um, my parents had started, their marriage started becoming rocky. And so I was almost wondering if I was being saved, I was trying to be saved from divorce or what was going on. Cause you at eight years old, you can perceive that as a child. Yeah. And so, uh, but at the same time I did realize, Hey, I don't want to go to hell when I die. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, the gospel called to me at eight and then it's almost like a long match strike. I, I, I got, uh, I was baptized, uh, not long after, after talking to the, the preacher there for uh, a couple of times and just kind of giving him the answers that he wanted, stuff like that. And, uh, so as I progressed through high school, I was kind of parents, not long after that parents got divorced and like, we almost immediately stopped going to church. And so, uh, my grandparents would carry us occasionally to a Presbyterian church that they went to. And so I would hear the gospel and then bump it on up to high school. I was, I was, I, I talked about being focused and idolizing basketball. Um, so I was really focused on that. So I didn't go to church much. And when I got the freedom to to go or to not go, um, there was no discipleship in my life. So therefore I chose not to go. And so, um, I was more, I was worried about getting my free throws in or, you know, whatever. And so I would go occasionally if there was a girl there that I wanted to see or something like that, I would go to a church in the community. But other than that, I didn't go. And so, uh, I'll I'll go ahead and just continue on to to the rest of the story as this long match strike just continues to work. So me and Haley starts dating. uh, And that was a big changing point in my life. We started dating when I was a uh, junior. I'd liked her for a couple of years and tried to chase after her. But when I was a junior um, of high school and and she was a senior and uh, that was a big changing point because Haley held me accountable for me claiming to be a Christian. Hey, like, what are you doing with your life to prove that you are doing what you say you believe? And so that was a big deal. And and so we progress on, we end up getting married. We kind of still live in this mindset of, we were trying to figure out, um, all of these things on our own, not relying on God in our marriage, um, to do that. We prayed together, stuff like that. But most of the time we weren't involved in a local church. And so, uh, we progress on when I was a police officer, I'd actually, uh, i fell into a bad depression. Um, uh, once again, that would go back to me idolizing self and relying on self a lot. And so, um, I, I wanted to be the best I could be police officer wise in my career. And so when I fell into that depression, uh, I had no escape because there was no discipleship in my life to know that I should turn to God. That I should uh, revert back to the faith that I claimed to have, and um, so God uh, saved me in the sense of this long match track. Um, I, I remember, I, I remember the night really vividly. I decided uh, I'd park my police car on the backside of what used to be the Kmart here in Gadsden, Alabama, and uh, I decided that night I was going to take my life. And uh, I just always listened to a local radio show because uh, I worked night shift, um, so I had it pulled up, and that night, like, I decided it so well, like, so thought out that I I assumed Haley would get some money from the police department if I died on duty, and like, uh, almost reckless in my work, because I was trying to figure out um, how to make that happen, so my family was financially stable, and so I remember sitting there that night, and I was like, okay, you know, th- this is it, you know, I didn't send out a text message or anything like that. But at that point, uh, I was listening to that radio show, the Rick and Bubba show. And um, I heard Rick Burgess say, I'd had a, "I had just we just had a daughter about a year before that. And I heard Rick Burgess say, uh, if you're not the spiritual leader of your home as husband and, uh, and as father, then you're not doing what you're called to do. And I don't know what it was about him preaching the gospel in that sense and charging men in that sense that God used him through that woke me up but I was awake awakened and and everything seemed to change in that point um and this at this point this had been years ago when this happened but uh it it was something that was definitely big that occurred in our lives I came home I told Haley um try to reconcile my marriage in, in the best sense that I could because you know, when you go through stuff like that, you, you get in arguments or whatever. Me and Haley always got along really well, never really fought. But you also you can almost like put aside your wife to focus on your career. And I had done that. And so try to reconcile my marriage as best I could turn. We, we both she was happy to just uh, just to see me turn back to Christ because she had to go through this bad process of her being the spiritual leader of our home which uh, in that time she would tell you she wasn't ready to do. And so she's trying to guide both of us towards Christ while I'm over here depressed, uh, thinking about killing myself on duty. And, yeah. um, and so, uh, so we get involved in a local church uh, off and on, trying to find which one is the best fit. Um, I went through a career change. I told Haley, I said, I don't want to be around. I was growing as a Christian rapidly. I didn't want to be around the depravity of the world in policing. Uh, Cause you see that stuff every night and you can be faced with that stuff every night. So I didn't want to be around it. I, I got a new job once Haley had uh, graduated from nursing school at Jacksonville state. And, um, ultimately we just, uh, God, God really just turned everything around. Um, in that long match strike. it's almost like it struck. And then all of a sudden it caught flame and fire and, and, uh, it's been a beautiful thing how God's uh, worked in my life since then, how he's changed our marriage our kids everything uh, me everything from
1: from that night forward that's great just uh, kind of unpacking that theological for theologically for our listeners because a lot of them can identify with making an early profession of faith as a child in the local church and being baptized and then how god began this work in a child's heart and then how he brings it to completion, you know, other denominations say you can lose your salvation and you get saved over and over and over and over and over, and right. over again. But your testimony, as far as age uh, wise, you know, saved at a young age, we see God's faithfulness to bring us through um, the difficulties when our bodies, our, our mental state or our emotional state betrays us or right. our life stage becomes too great for our uh, mental Rebellion, wellness happens. and yeah. rebellion, even Christians can go through times, uh, of, of distraction right. and, and even depression and despair. Uh, so I appreciate your testimony showing the faithfulness of God. You describe it as a long match strike. How do you know you were saved at eight?
0: I'm saved now.
1: Cause you're saved now. And, and God is faithful to carry us through the effects of these jars of clay uh and and so for our listeners i would just say for any of you who are out there and struggling and you wonder if you're saved or not uh, i don't think lost people wonder if they're saved or not so you may be you know at the very beginning of of god speaking light into your life through the gospel but let me assure you as as you receive faith from god as a gift and as you give it back to god as a gift uh, like Luke's story, we're not we're not talking about living happily ever after in the sense of this world. We're we're talking about living in the shadow of God's glory, in the in the grip of His grace. To to we might come to the brink of despair, but God would even use somebody like Rick Burgess talking about something a lost person wouldn't understand, right. but that connected with you because of the gospel uh, power in you. Amen. Is that, is that pretty, is that fair? That's very fair. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Well, you know, you talked a little bit about the difficulties of your life. And certainly if you want to know more, I would encourage you to talk to Link, uh, Luke on a personal level and he can talk about his his uh, dynamics of family and, and, then, and then Haley's, uh, you know, integrating two families and the, the challenges we all face and how the gospel kind of carries us through those things, even in less than ideal situations. Uh, we've talked a little bit about you being a former policeman and, you know, battling cynicism, you've seen the worst of society. And then uh, still walking around with Luke, we went to a Braves game the other day. I feel like I'm walking with a policeman. He's really big. He's six foot four, 285 pounds with a generally good disposition, but a little high blood pressure. And sometimes when he gets hungry, <laughs> you got to watch out. He'll sell a bobblehead right out from under you. And, uh, you know, but he knows crime. He knows he can spot one, uh, from a mile off. So, um, you know me you and andy we we've had careers and we've done things we've seen some of the the bad side of uh humanity uh tell our i'll say male listeners out there how do we how do you battle cynicism just just becoming that person uh that goes Meh. you said a little bit about it but expound yeah, on it. yeah uh, i think the best way to battle
0: it is to re- remain steadfast in your faith and love for people um, we believe God does call people to salvation, but we don't know who he calls to salvation. So you don't know what people are going through, um, why they're sinning the way they're sinning or what they're living like. So ultimately you have to rely on God to work that out in their lives.
1: Well, I, I could never imagine if I had have driven up behind Kmart now Kmart Baptist church, uh, driven behind Wrong Kmart Kmart, and different, Kmart, different the, of the venue, venue. ronnie yeah. watkins kmart over there <laughs> yeah. uh if i would had driven up and seen a police officer in despair i would have had no idea what was going on in his mind and and so you know a lot of us walk around people who are deeply hurt and we wonder why they act so weird right. And and we look at the external things and we judge them i do you know and can become very cynical toward people and only god who works in us through the gospel that transforms us. Remember out of Romans one, we talked about transformation, not only to justification, which is beautiful, but it's transformation to sanctification of Christ, saw the same humanity, the same depravity. The apostles saw the same humanity and depravity that we do. And yet God keeps our hearts desperately soft toward people in need. And that's what we want to extend to our listeners today is that, 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 sobering reality that no matter where you are today, there is a gospel that supernaturally works and, and causes great effect to give us hope beyond the despair and the circumstantial difficulties of this life. Um, just shifting gears just a little bit, what makes your heartbeat faster when we talk about Harvestfield church?
0: uh right now it's been all the things going on with our student ministry and how i I get to sit back and watch these students grow and um i love student ministry and the fact of that's something i never would have chosen once i got called into ministry to do if it was up to my own choosing um but ultimately it was god's choosing that placed me there and uh and so that's that's really just seeing these students grow on either day-to-day or and when I go to ball games or whatever, game to game basis, you see how their walk with Christ uh, has continued to sanctify them.
1: So at Harvestville, we really want to uh, have an environment where men who are called to ministry have uh, some sort of outlet or progression in their calling. Now, that can be very difficult because a young man comes to one of us as elders and he says, I'm called to preach. And we our response should be, well, good. We'll see. You know, the testing of of character and the testing of call, the call is is part of it. So Luke uh, did that. He expressed a call to preach for lack of better terms. We kind of know what that means, but same way that the gospel uh, arrested Paul uh, and put a proclamation in his heart and in his mouth, uh, uh, Luke expressed that desire. And so we began to test him and he's preached for us a couple of times made a good effort you know he's, no, he's, that's he's, good. he's, he's, he's <laughs> all right <you> know, <laughs> this has got some things but now his personality god knows how to use personality and and with the content of the transforming power of the gospel so we're very encouraged what's haley's response been to your call in this this transition from policing and wrestling and beating people up and throwing them down knocking people to the ground and cuffing them i'm exaggerating
0: haley's very uh, steadfast in her faith um so i will say that um I, I remember when i was when god called me into ministry i was praying and just broke down in tears and i, I came out I, I was actually in the shower praying and i came out of the shower and i said haley i'm called to ministry he goes well that's great but you got to study your bible to do that and so but You've that got
1: to get back in the shower
0: yeah no i i was done <laughs> but uh, ultimately that's been her attitude the whole time. And then um, as it's progressed, uh, I've seen her grow and being able to lead students in a small group and being able to care for students with her personality. And so um, overall she was like, okay, is this just another job thing or is this the real deal? And now um, I can affirm that she's, you know, Hey, we know it's the real deal.
1: Okay. To our listeners, let me emphasize this, this truth, your obedience to the faith that God uh his gospel is calling all of us to in Christ your obedience affects your family it affects your parents your grandparents your children your spouse um and so uh, today you know what what is it that God is moving in your heart toward obedience to be more like Christ it may be for some of you to be saved to say you know i just kind of went through the motions of religion all my life and God is just weighing upon me heavy with the vision of Christ Uh, crucified, buried, and resurrected for sinners, and that's me, and God uh, may be calling you to receive faith as a gift, and then give that faith back to God, be justified, and join with other Christians in the pursuit of sanctification that God works in us, so we would pray that even as Luke gave a testimony that God would use the gospel within that testimony to call to some people's hearts today, uh, Luke, thank you for being vulnerable with us. We're going to take a quick break and come back to our la- last section. We'll probably ask you some more probing questions just so people can know you a little bit more. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Dead Dog Theology. I understand it's only been like a second since we took a break, so uh, but that was very important to us. Hey, we appreciate Luke uh, being vulnerable, and we want you to hear the gospel. Yeah, Luke's story is wonderful, and it provokes a lot of thinking. But think about that gospel that has been made known to us and how faithful God is to transform his people um, into the, for, the, for our, our entire lives. So we want to end uh, our podcast segment today and, and our show today with a couple of thoughts. Uh, you think about the culture, we talk a little bit about that. We don't want to be a political commentary, but uh, Roe versus Wade, abortion is a gospel issue that happens to have been exploited by politics so people say you can't preach politics you can't tell me you want to bring it and all that uh but roe versus wade is a gospel issue in the sense that it it cost uh, a child a human life uh for for the actions of of personal uh, a personal agenda now i'll be the first to admit that both political parties have exploited the issue of, of abortion to some degree for their own political aspirations. I'm not, you know, ignorant of that fact. However, when you think about uh, how legislation and our government works, even as Christians in this world, we can we can lobby for justice first in the gospel and then certainly the effects of the gospel in society. So we value uh, the sanctity of human life. And we are eagerly anticipating Roe versus Wade being overturned and yeah. then that decision be directed back to the states where we have more influence as salt and light on our local um, legislators. That's that's my opinion and it happens to be correct. Um, I do want to ask you something about Sunday it was Mother's Day and I made the comment about uh, the expression mama bear, mama bear. Yeah. And uh, you said Haley got a mama bear hat. Yeah. Would, uh... would you consider Haley a mama bear? Um, Is it a good thing or a bad thing? And again, I get mixed. Some ladies are like, yes, it's a good thing. Say it again. I'll bite your head off.
0: Yeah, that's Haley. That's pretty
1: good. Yeah, <laughs> that's. <laughs> <laughs> she got the hat. Somebody bought it for her.
0: No, she's she uh she's well balanced.
1: Well, when uh, Matthew was little, there was a cartoon on called Little Bear. Right. I don't know that may that was about your time. Yeah, and yeah. it? it was really sweet. Mama, bear family. She was sweet and she was nice. She was protective, but I, I just I googled it because I'm I'm a little ignorant into the culture. Uh, it didn't sound too positive to me. It really kind of sounded like an endearing term for a mean mama, overprotective. Yeah, mama? no, that's, not Haley. Yeah, I'm not talking about Haley. That's
0: Haley, yeah. <laughs> no, <I'm not> talking.
1: <laughs> um, like a real bear, uh, they'll leave you alone until you feed them. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. 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 then you got something on your hands.
0: I know yeah. she has a hat that says Mama Bear.
1: Well, if we can define Mama Bear by Haley, we'll do that. Yeah. Sweetness. Yeah. Just sweet. Sweet. Amen. I I mean. mm. <laughs> hey, uh, Matthew tried to use the new Southside boat ramp. And and again, I'm not trying to start. I do not want any trouble in Southside. It's like the the red dirt mafia down there. I do not want to speak against the inner sanctum of whatever arms and legs are going on down there so he went into the new boat ramp which is beautiful it's got a playground <laughs> <Luke>. <laughs> i've treaded places i shouldn't go but uh he was talking about how dysfunctional the design was andy and you've you've done the boat launch thing a right. uh, rainbow landing might be you know a little white trashier than that but right. it works you pull in there and you pull in straight and you back up he says you got to make so many turns and jack and i and, Andy, he said there's so many people fishing off the actual pier that you're supposed to be. Sphere, they yeah. got, like, lines cast across where your boat's supposed to go. <laughs> he ain't going back, you know. And uh, so we would love to meet with the city council. We'll send Andy and Luke down there. Uh, hold,
0: uh, uh, I, I just want to say that because I live in Southside, I really like the park. Going. Yes, he does. That's Luke <laughs> Jenkins. I'm really, I, really
1: excited about that. Um, Andy Hughes lives in Rainbow City, so he's on the yeah. other boat launch. He boats looks, good. <laughs> looks <laughs> good. good it looks good from the bridge it does you had to there. try to launch a boat there and yeah. I, i'm just yeah. i'm wounded uh it, it just shows that a lot of planning can can really uh yeah. not go as well as you envision it um and since we've been interviewing luke today and and i'll throw some of these questions out to luke or andy what are you doing this weekend luke
0: mm. what am i doing this weekend i'm sure he'll andy yes what are you point. doing this
1: will move right along uh, yeah we're we are moving across the country we are moving my oldest daughter to oregon i to say
0: you did you just break to us you're moving across the country
1: yeah uh, well i feel like i am uh, you know a big chunk of me is moving over there so Aww. we've enjoyed savannah's story and how her uh, college career is taken her different places in golf and and uh, we get the privilege of following our children to some degree in the adventure of their life that's Andy right. that's a big deal he's he's I like Andy goes yeah we're driving to Oregon like it's driving to Atlanta <laughs> yeah yeah it's like 42 <laughs> hours I don't know how long yes yeah, it it's, it's, it's about 41 hours if you drove it straight through yeah, yeah you so. gonna rent a car or? Uh, no we're gonna drive her vehicle out there are At you least- gonna stay anywhere like where where are you, you uh, have we'll places s- on the yeah, map you've yeah. already said uh no I'm just kind of biggest ball of twine just any of the na- look it up on maps and go and any then- of the listeners in the nation they route want to 66. meet andy for lunch <laughs> yeah and you can yeah. meet him you going south of the the how are you gonna get across the grand Canyon? i think we'll go i think we'll go south yeah i think we'll go south. how are you gonna get around the rocky mountain yeah, i think we'll go south south arizona new mexico and right. yeah. and like we'll, the brady bunch right yeah okay I-20. more like route 66 the vacation route 66. the griswolds is well what i hope not what i feel like Keep us updated. Uh, yeah. Hope your car didn't catch on fire. <laughs> Maybe
0: not. I hope not um,
1: too. Luke, you. we addressed your height, weight, and your your robustness of your physicality. uh <laughs> How would you describe yourself physically? Uh, out of shape. I found that out okay. the brain, But you've joined the gym. How? Tell us a little bit about the testimony of the impact the gyms made on your physicality.
0: <laughs> I knew you'd bring this up.
1: Um, Confess. Yeah, uh, I'm their favorite customer. Yeah.
0: I pay it and I don't really go.
1: Andy Hughes is the Stairmaster. Stair uh, something's master. wrong with him and the medulla obligata that you can't, over, you can't get enough of overrides his legs. And he just, he'll walk an hour on the Stairmaster. Now, uh, you can be the judge of the health benefits of it, but he is certainly physical. Is that all you want to say about your physicality? Yeah. But yeah. You I, really carry your weight well. So thank you. you know, I just appreciate embrace that. it. And the big boy's got to go. Um, Tell us something you're excited about. I know you got a baby on the horizon.
0: That's what I'm excited about. Right. Zoe's and I'll uh, if Zoe ever hears this,
1: she'll love that I said this.
0: Zoe just won the regular season championship in her soccer league hey. in her age division. Her, her team, her team. And um, Zinni just turned six months. Just one. She just oh, turned yeah. one. One. She's the size of a two-year-old. Yes, yeah, she's, she's and uh, growing. But uh, Zoe, so Zoe plays in the playoffs Monday and Tuesday of next week.
1: What do you think about the podcast? Uh, Andy's helped us in the formation. And, you know, we're just trying to to talk as friends and talk to you guys. What do you think, Luke? Yeah, so I'm I really, uh, I enjoy
0: doing it. I enjoy the extra study that it, uh, that takes us to do whenever we're researching these scriptures we're using. And uh, now, I mean, just to reveal behind the curtain, I really want us to get something in between these breaks. And I also want some intro music. So if you're out there,
1: they right, can, you can help us music. with that. I get the intro music right here.
0: Let us know, and we will be happy to try to get you to get us some intro music and, uh, and also some commercial time. <laughs>
1: Hi, welcome to Dead Dog 2, The boys was white trash in the <laughs> World Carver's Creek. They were me. <laughs> See, I, ain't got, I ain't got... You're there, there. you're I there. Was, there uh, yeah. Charlie Daniels, who, I don't, who later became a Christian. He's dead now, but he's just still a Christian, I guess, technically. Um, and the question we ask in closing, and I, I did put a buffer question after this one. I don't want to end on this one every week. It, it, it has different degrees of morbidity. Um, what was your favorite pet growing up? Yeah,
0: uh, I actually got to answer this the first week, so I'll, I'll just repeat right. my answer That's and cry. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you're the one that started no, it all. Yeah, uh, Sam was my It was a. Great Pyrenees and Lab mix and That's Sam. Right. Was it? I, white? I said that Sam died in a car wreck. That's not true. I got confused with Sam and another dog. That's how mm-hmm. close we were. Mm-hmm. And um, so Sam just died of old age. It okay. was a big white dog, yes. And that, okay. there's pictures of me
1: laying on this dog. I love that dog. Okay. We all have the favorite pets. And uh, do you have a pet now?
0: No, uh, we don't do that. Haley gets way too attached.
1: Oh yeah, I don't want to bring that up either. Yeah, we'll ask
0: her about her. Her Chihuahua we, uh, that we, she used to have.
1: We'll let Andy weigh in. Uh, we we'll, we may save it. He's uh, you don't have a dog now, do you? No, no, we don't. Were you raised to uh, humanize pets, or uh, did you keep them as dogs? They, they had their place. We kept them as dogs. That, them that's as why them. I grew up with dogs as dogs. Right. But now I have this dog lives in my house that. We impose human characteristics. They ate our leftovers. That's, That's right. That's what they did. That's mm. what they existed for. All right. Well, dead dog theology. We we talk about the difficult things because we have to. Uh, on a lighter <laughs> note, um where are we eating today? Uh, what are our choices? The sizzle. The sizzle. Uh, it's got to be
0: the, the sizzle. Yeah. It's, uh, ah. the sizzle.
1: They, I, it just dawned on me. They have the same food every day. Like, I'm thinking about the company up in Minnesota. It's glorious. They just ship. Hey, we need some more of those, uh, yeah, those salads down there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we got to get some more of that sausage. Either that or local Joe's. Local Joe's.
0: Home for barbecue.
1: If they had, I'm some, just trying different. I know. If they had some day vegetable day. stuff, you know, I'm on this, this Pruitt's. Keto diet or cheer wine. wherever serves cheer wine. Yeah. Won't be long. I hear there's a cookout coming to town. Maybe. That's our Hey, next week we are excited to have Hunter Carnes. He's one of our elders. And you heard Kelly last week. And uh, Hunter's going to come and share some perspectives of his transformation in the gospel and his story of addiction and um, uh, his his marriage that that Kelly alluded to, the difficulties that addiction and other things bring to the marriage. And if you've heard Hunter Carnes' story in the past, it just keeps getting more... Uh, rich with the theological truths that we're learning, and so I'm excited to hear about his addiction. So, if you know someone that's struggling with addiction and 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 Christianity and the all the gap in between, uh, tune into our next podcast next Tuesday. And we'll be interviewing Hunter Carnes. We'll also be sharing with you some scriptures and keep spurring you on toward the goal of the high mark that we have in Christ Jesus. And so we're going to sign off today. Appreciate you listening. Uh, check us out on various uh, venues for the podcast, whether it's Spotify or what's another Apple, Apple Podcast. Podcasts, and subscribe. Amazon Music. Uh, encourage other people to listen, not for our fame, but that the gospel might go out to more people, more yeah. encouragement, more glory to God. His yeah. name, I'll see you later. Good night.